We are Marquette. 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 We Hello, my name is Rose Tropiano. I'm a research instructional services librarian at Rainer Memorial Libraries here at Marquette University. I started here at Marquette in March of 1990, so in doing the math, I've been here almost 28 years. I've seen a lot, a lot of changes and uh, some wonderful technological innovations. And I have to say, since being here um, almost 28 years, I, I always learn something new every day. Um, it could be like something, uh, like some piece of technology or something um, about a, a topic that a student is researching. I, there, there's a lot of variety in my job, and, and I do enjoy it. Each day really is very different, but there's certain key components that um, come up each day and each week. Um, one of the things is I staff the information desk. I'm one of the librarians who are at that desk. And people come in, they ask questions. We help them get started on their research or point them in the right direction. Um, we also do research consultations for students. And I always enjoy those because it's sitting down one-to-one uh, -one and looking through the databases for resources on their topic. Um, the other thing that we do, too, and this is at the information desk, is to uh, monitor the IM reference service that we offer. And on the library homepages, on many of the pages, there's a widget. And if you type in a question, there's actually someone at the other end who will then see your question and then respond to you. So I'm one of the librarians who also are part of the uh, IM staff. Um, and that's always interesting. I do love communication research questions, um, like looking for applications of communication theories, like in the workplace and, you know, so forth. Those, those are, are interesting. Um, there is a variety. Um, sometimes um, some students will be looking, uh, they're doing a, a report or a research paper about the book of Exodus, you know. So there's materials that we have that we can point them to, and it gives them background. So, And sometimes there is no answer for their question. I mean, just because it hasn't yet been researched, maybe something, you know, in the future that can be researched. But I thought back in my mind about some of them, and one of them actually... Um, one of them is something that comes up at the information desk, and it's uh, students are, for a history class, they're looking for primary sources uh, about a Roman or uh, some leader back in uh, 330 B.C., and they're looking for primary sources of what this person's contemporaries have written about him during that time period. So anyway, then, you know, I think, oh, boy. Um, so I look up who that person is, and, you know, through some of the materials, I find out who their critics are. <laughs> and then I go about, you know, looking for those critics' works in English, because sometimes, you know, um, some of the resources only have the Latin, so I have to look for a translation. Oh, so, <laughs> so those are always fun. Um, another one that came up, um, and it just proves the point that not everything is online. Um, this was for... a undergrad theology student. She was researching 
the certain monastery in the order associated with the monastery, and I think it was like from the 5th century or something along that line. So anyway, we went through the data, some of the theological databases, and we really couldn't find a whole lot about it. At least none of the records really mentioned it. So, you know, I thought about it, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to look up uh, some some books that deal with monasteries in general, you know, like... Um, so anyway, I went over to the print stacks, and I started looking through some of the books and looking at the index. And yes, there were, you know, like chapters about it that I wouldn't have known because they're not really indexed on these, you know, databases, on these theological resources. So I actually had to, you know, go over there, and I found materials which were real helpful. Um, but it just kind of goes to show that not everything is online. I've never been on a bookmobile, believe it or not. Um, I do know a librarian who used to work on a bookmobile. Um, but uh, I definitely, uh, in growing up, if uh, there was one in my area, I, I definitely would have used it. I always had public libraries near me because, you know, I kind of lived in cities all my life. Um, but I have read a little bit about the um, bookmobiles uh, of yesteryear and today. And, and actually, that service was started in 1905. And it was a person with a big wagon who had a, you know, horse drawn. I, they had a horse connected to it. So that's how they got around, you know, delivering materials to people. Um, but it, it's pretty amazing. I think right now there's about 650 bookmobiles in the U.S. And Wisconsin, I think, has about eight of them left. Uh, Milwaukee used to have one, but that service was discontinued in about 2006. But, um, but the bookmobiles are great because not only do they go to the rural areas, they also stop at... Uh, retirement centers and uh, living assisted facilities and some elementary schools and secondary schools. So it, it's just a wonderful service. And a lot of times people are looking to learn a new skill, and, and so they depend on library materials. Um, the other thing, too, is is so great to have those materials available just for enjoyment. Music is a passion of mine, I mean, ever since I was a little child. Um, and I was very, very lucky because about 19 or 21 years ago, a friend of mine uh, was a DJ. Actually, she began as a DJ and then was became a friend of mine. And so I was interested, you know, come on down, you know. And so every week I'd, or every other week I'd go with her and, you know, we would... Um, do a music show, and she showed me the board and, you know, how to, um, you know, manage things in, in the uh, studio. And uh, then she stopped doing the radio show after 20 years, and then uh, the station manager okayed that I would continue with the show. So that was wonderful, and we select our own music. Um, since then, I've also gotten a second show uh, because someone else, um, well, I sub for him a lot, and then our hours change. But anyway, I, I kept on. I have a second show. The first show um, is called Female Focus, and it's on WMSE. The time is every, well, actually, uh, there's another DJ, which we alternate. But the Female Focus show on WMSE is every Sunday night from 1030 until midnight. I do the show one week, and then another woman does it the following week. When I do um, the female focus show, right after that, from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., I do a rock, what I call rock and blues. 
um, and I just uh, play rock music and and blues. I, I've really uh, since listening to WMSE, I've really gotten to like blues music. With the female focus show, we focus on female artists, and I I try to pr- uh, provide a lot of variety. Like it could be uh, an, a female artist from Latin America or uh, someone from Ireland, or it can be uh, indie rock music or folk music or country. So it's kind of a variety of, of female artists. So it's, it's kind of neat. One thing that uh, has been planned for it this year is the libraries is having a food drive, which is a great idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, wow, that's really great. The dates of National Library Week this year are uh, is between April 8th through the 14th. And just general information about that week, you could just Google National Library Week 2018 and you'll pick up uh, some information like from the American Library Association and so forth. And also, too, the libraries, um, when that food drive uh, is announced, that information will be on the library's webpage. So we have a, a little um, up in the corner on the um, library webpage, you'll see uh, announcements and things. Mm-hmm.